When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the latest Blakey's Boot Room podcast here on Wales Online. It's been a busy week for the Bluebirds. Victory on the weekend against Burton, followed by defeat last night against Brighton at the Amex Stadium. Uh, Paul Abandonato and Nathan Blake here, as always, to discuss the big issues. And uh, Paul, let's maybe start with last night. Um, say following up that, that victory over Burton, uh, one step too far against a strong Brighton team, but it was a, a fairly decent performance, would we say? It was what you'd expect from a Neil Warnock team to be honest with you they were resilient hard to beat lacking any frills and real invention as was the case against Burton a few days earlier the difference of course is that they were home to Burton and won the game in the end because Burton are a poor team they ended up losing 1-0 to Brighton once they went a goal behind to be honest it's probably game over against a team of that quality because Cardiff mm. still lacking real creativity and firepower in the final third of the pitch. No disgrace losing 1-0 at Brighton though. I think Neil Warnock says himself that Newcastle have got the best squad in the division, but Brighton have got the best team in the division and Fulham played the best football in the division. I don't know where that leaves Cardiff, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fourth. Yeah. Um, Still in the playoffs. It is what it is under Warnock at the moment. He, you know, They beat Bright Burton and what was a turgid affair to be honest with you 1-0 they lost to Brighton 1-0 I think this is what you get with Warnock isn't it mate? yeah I mean yeah I think he's under no illusions I think if you listen to what he's saying he's saying you know four or five players quality high quality he's not saying four or five squad players he's saying in order to change for me that 11 into an exciting football team that may be uh, happy to pay to come and watch. <laughs> um, he's going to need four or five major signings, and uh, I wouldn't disagree with him. Uh, but I think for now, it's just about, uh, you know, what job has he brought in to do? Survive in the championship, you know, mm. avoid relegation. And, uh, you know, it doesn't seem to be, he's not able to take this squad onto a next level. Because if you look at it, there's okay, there's three or four players who have not been here for longer than a season. But the rest, you know, he likes a manga, uh, Morrison now. Um, okay, Bamba is one of those recent additions, but Gunnison, Whittingham, Rowles, you know, um, Noon, you know, Zahor. They've been here years, or two or three seasons at least. So. You can't. I don't think he can. He, I don't think he feels he can get more out of that squad of players. I think he's just going what he got for now, survival, and then next season uh, he's going to be looking to bring in some some big name players by the sounds of things. Mm. Are you a bit disappointed then, Paul, with what what you're seeing from Warnock in terms of the style of football? And you're a big critic of the likes of Russell Slade, pie and mash managers, and all that sort of thing in the past it, what's, is that not what Warnock's dishing up at the minute? It's a very interesting point to be honest with you because 
I think, you know, Warnock, the perception of Warnock down the years, rightly or wrongly, is that it's a Route 1 style of play. He's always been, that's the way he There plays. is no frills yeah. to it, but because of the perception, there is a different perception with Neil Warnock from me, and <laughs> certainly from Cardiff public as large, that they give him far more latitude for that style of football mm. than they would have done with Russell Slade, because I think there's a feeling that, in due course, there's hope with Warnock that they really can progress. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously I'm disappointed with it they've just won three games on the bounce which is a very rare thing in the championship particularly for Cardiff City mm. um, asking them to do four on the bounce was too much clearly um, but what what Burton more than Brighton but we saw through Bristol City Blake and I Blake and I were quite critical of the way Cardiff played for 70 minutes against Bristol City they were poor mm. um, and they turned it around against the Bristol City team who let's be honest are in free fall mm-hmm. um, they were very poor against Burton for 90 minutes created very little so leave aside the Brighton game no disgrace in, in losing that one now what Burton rammed home to me is they lack real creativity Utility. and flair in mm. the final third of the pitch Absolutely. and they need a centre forward who scores goals mm-hmm. they need a really creative 10 just behind that centre forward mm. those two will cost money mm-hmm. they also need and we've touched on this before and I'll say it again they need a bossy midfielder just behind them again so you almost need a spine at the front of the team if you see what I mean Blakey used to play with a captain, Paul, Paul, Paul Ramsey, in the yeah. 90s. I've got his mm-hmm. Christian name right. Yeah, Paul, that's right. Yeah. Um, Cardiff need a championship version of Paul Ramsey, in my mm. opinion. Next. Couldn't play. Somebody, all right, but somebody who's a <laughs> just, leader. Uh, just bossy. aggressive leader, like shouts, rants, raves. Don't let anyone's standards drop. In but fact, he, raises standards. Yeah, but he could not control a game, but he could boss a game. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Get him with Gunnarsson. Get a really good creative 10 in front mm-hmm. and a good centre forward, ideally with a bit of pace. And I don't think they're far away then, but mm-hmm. those two forward players are going to cost money, aren't they? Yeah, well, I think you need. I think he's right, four or five, and I think all four or five of them will cost money. I think, if, I think it's stale now. I think the players that are there have been you asking them and asking them and asking them. You shouldn't be asking them to go again. They should be producing that anyway. But as a former player, understand different managers. Some do your head in, some don't. Some love you, some hate you. So there's different dynamics and what have you. But what I'm saying is that squad, there's a lot of players who've been there for a long time. It needs revamping, refreshing. Um, and I, you know, four or five, I would be more inclined to say five or six and four or five of them have to be of, you know, premiership standard or high, high championship standard at least, you know, wherever you're getting them from. Mm. See, I don't think you need those numbers. I mm. think they've got a good enough defence. I think we take it as where they're going to get a good goalie. So there's one of the four, if you like, yeah. Mm. They need a good goalkeeper um, moving forward beyond the loan situation with McGregor. But I think, you know, I think they're fine defensively. I still think they need a ta- I still think they need the option of attacking, attacking defensive fullbacks in this day and age. I don't think, like I say, I love Paldier because he's, he's an old school defensive-minded defender. But in this modern day, your fullbacks are now playing like your wingers, and they have to have that ability to be able to get forward and cross balls. And then your wingers have to have the ability to be able to come inside and play a second centre forwards. That's the rotational system. That's what's required. And that's what's being coached at, you know, under 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 level. So 
there's far more diff- there's far more different systems in my day everyone played 442 you've seen Leicester play a 442 diamond on the weekend but absolutely shredded by it because they didn't know what they were doing but there's 433 you know there's three at the back with two holders there's they, there's all sorts of systems now so for me I think they need I, I go I thought they'd solve the problem to a degree with uh, Hoylet, but I still think they need those raw pace wide men. I still think they need uh, a big man who's mobile, or they need someone with ridiculous pace who can score goals. Mm. So I wouldn't say I would actually go for two strikers, mm. two wide men, a creative midfielder, a, a bully midfielder, and fullbacks I still think so I would go six. Christy, that's a whole damn team it is really. effectively <laughs> but you know throughout the course of the season you know they're not going to play every yeah. game and you can swap and you know you can pick up an injury the fullback you can put the likes of Bennett in there and say okay come, you know, okay you've got your opportunity because different players play when the system sort of changes do you know what I mean when you're playing a more attack minded uh a uh, more attack-minded system, then players change. I made a point, I think it was DePaul at um, Bristol, I think someone like Kadeem Harris, who I've been a big advocate mm. of. Now, I think he's approaching the game, I don't, in the wrong mental manner. Mm. By that, I mean, I think he goes in as a young lad, which he will, thinking first and foremost of my defensive responsibilities. So he goes in playing, making sure the winger or the fullback doesn't get the better of me or get behind me and get crosses, rather than thinking, I'm going to take this guy to the cleaners all day. And yeah, I'll have to track him back three or four times maybe in the half, but he's going to spend more time tracking me than I am tracking him. I don't think he thinks like that. Plus, Cardiff don't play a possession-based game, so he's not... It's always counter-attack. So it is a literally ball over the top, chase it. They don't play, 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 play. I think the last third, their imagination needs to improve. I don't think that's a coaching thing only. I think it's down to players, the likes of Hoylet, Harris, uh, Zahor. I think they all need to take more chances, be more off the cuff in the final third. Mm. Mm. But what about Kenneth Zohor then? I know we talked about him a bit over the last few weeks. We've got a big buzz about him. It just seems to be going a bit flat simply because the, the goals still aren't coming, Paul, are they? Yeah. Will, will they come, do you, do you think? I don't. No. It's not looking like it. It's not a 20 goal season, man. He, he, he really disappointed me against um, Burton. Really disappointed me. Because this was a game when. Blake is just talking about Harris, right? But this this is a game when Harris almost did have a free reign to attack because mm. the opposition was so poor. Mm. Um, and he had Connolly behind him. No, he had um, Peltier behind him, didn't he? He played on the, yeah. the left of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, Zahora, I, do you know what? I wouldn't mind Kenneth. There's, there's, there's an age-old cliche, but it's true. And I even say at my rubbish level of football, when I miss loads of chances and people have a go and I say, at least I'm getting in there to have those chances. I wouldn't mind if Kenneth Zahora was actually having shots on goal and missing them or hitting the bar or the goalie saves it or he misses a sitter. Don't you think He's that's not even doing that. Yeah, play. but don't you, th- don't you think that's a... That's a we know we are basically dependent upon set pieces. 
we don't create enough within general play. <clears throat> that is the whole problem. Some centre forwards or some players you can give the ball to, I'll get it, I'll turn, I'll do a bit, I'll run down the line, I'll cut inside, and I'll beat the keeper. Yeah. It's no problem. Then there's other times where it comes across a six yard box and I tap it in. Yeah. Yeah. Kenneth is the type of player who should be able to get the ball, do it, do a bit, get around people and put it in the in the onion basket. But it's not happening. He's mm. I, I, after watching him for a while now, I don't think he might have a breakout period where he scores eight in ten games, but I can't see him throughout forty six games getting you twenty five, thirty goals. I just don't think he's that I think it's too hard a level for him to get to twenty five. I want to see him missing chances before I can answer yeah, that original. But they're not creating do they? they and he's not there. Well, they aren't, but you see Lambert having a, the odd snapshot, don't you? And you mm. know, it's just. Mm. Uh, but is that enough? That's my point. Uh, the odd snapshot. Like I, I also said, like when Pilkington plays, as what you've seen with the young lad who come on and scored Saturday, Healy. Yeah. Healy. He just wants to play off a striker. He just wants to run off the big man, right? Okay, his goal come from a set piece. Surprise, surprise, but. He just wants to run off a big man. So he's not... Once he sees Big Paul up front, he's not thinking, all right, I'll get the ball in the feet and I'll... you know. He's thinking, well, the ball's going to come up to Big Paul and I'm just going to be off him, making runs, making runs. That's what Pilkington needs to do. They need to form a partnership. Because I'm telling you, partnership, strike partnerships are deadly, especially at championship level. They are deadly. If you can get a good strike partnership and a good understanding where players play between themselves rather than trying to bring other teammates into mm. play. The first thing I do if I'm playing up front with Paul and I've got the ball in control, can I get my turn and get Paul in one-on-one with the keeper? Those things, those thought processes, and if you're not thinking it, you don't tend to do it. I think the problem for Cardiff City strikers now is that the bar has been set by Bothroyd and Chopra, who did work brilliantly as a partnership. You had little and large. They both could score individual goals. They linked okay. They were quick. They were dynamic. Mm-hmm. And any partnership after is now compared to that rightly or wrongly, mm. because that's what Cardiff fans have been accustomed to in this millennium. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, Zahor Pilkington is like years away from that at the mm. moment. It's unfair on them to compare them to Bothra and Chopper. They're entirely yeah. different sorts of players. Because Pilkington isn't a striker. I don't um, care what anyone says. He's not a centre-forward. Bothra and Chopper had goals every game you went down the Cardiff City Stadium and you would expect two or three goals or lots of shots on goal. Yeah, yeah. Cardiff not even have the shots on goal yeah, at the moment, yeah. are they now? Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. I don't concern. think they're creating the opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's kind of unfair to judge Kenneth but at the same time, what I'm saying is, okay, if the opportunities aren't being created for him, I'm then looking at the other side of what does he create for himself? Because he's got the size and stature to do so. If he's a little, you know, pint-sized centre foot, that's difficult because you're up against some, some meatheads. But when you've got the size, the stature and pace, then I expect you to be able to get at least, in a season, I would say, you know, seven, eight, nine goals which basically you've done work on your own basically I, and I just don't think they're creating enough chances in their general play mm. you know what I mean it, w- it was funny because we, we were both at Bristol and it, it was absolutely dire for 65 minutes and then all of a sudden 
They scored the goal. Bristol scored the second goal. Cardiff then equalised and just penned them. Just done what you thought yourself. Well, you know, how is it? It's got to be a psychological problem. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. You've got yourself back on level terms and everyone's spirit goes up like this. And then what you're able to do is overrun the players. Well, that's what I was saying. I was looking for that kind of, that last 20 minutes of Bristol, of Burton. Because it's they have got to do it. The manager can say all he likes. But once you get on the pitch, if you freeze, <laughs> you freeze, you know what I mean? You don't perform. You've got to go out and perform. And, and Burton were there almost wait. I felt like they were waiting to be, concede a goal, mm. waiting to be beaten. You know, and Cardiff didn't oblige till very late on. But you know, there is, there is, they are, they have got to build a confidence thing, and it's, I don't know, it's a momentum they don't seem to be able to get into, even though they had three wins on the spin. And like Paul said, it's very difficult yeah, to yeah. get that. But they, they're not playing the sort of football which is going to bring fans back in yeah. their droves. It's just, it's not simple yeah. as that. What can the other striking options offer them? For what's Ricky Lambert's role for the rest of this season? Has he got the legs in him? Do you think Warner fancies him at all to you know, to give him that starting position again going forward? What about Reece Healy? One goal doesn't doesn't make a player, but mm-hmm. will will he get a chance? Well, if Zahora and Pilkerton fire blanks, yes, They'll have to. but 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 how old Lambert? I think he's in his thirty fifth year now or thirty sixth year. Maybe doing a disservice there. Um, Lambert came I remember speaking to the Cardiff hierarchy when he arrived and they were infusing about his signing they said that this is a real leader uh, a sort of dressing room type of figure that this team desperately needs and I think Warnock would accept that was needed at the start of the season Um, and they thought he'd score goals at this level as well but for one reason or another and there are a number of reasons for this it hasn't happened Mm. um, I thought he would be back in the starting lineup. To be honest, with you against Brighton, that didn't happen. Um, I think he has to still be seen simply because of his stature as the number one striker there. But to be the number one striker, you've got to be in the team, and <laughs> that's not happening either. I think so what what Zahor gives Neil is is movement, the movement, a bit of pace. He's not blessed with blistering pace, but he's he's how can I say it? He's surprisingly. He's, he's yeah. quicker than what you anticipate. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So you think he's not going to be quick at all. But he can run. And I think what he gives Neil is the ability to be able to pressure defenders. Mm. Where I just don't think Ricky can. Mm. I think he has to basically, Ricky has to play as right, a fairly static target man. And say, look, I'm just about round the box. I can't actually run in the corners. I can't actually press full backs. Mm. I can, but I'll probably last 35 minutes if I had to play that type of game. So but it's not conducive to championship. You need legs, athleticism in the championship. But, but Nate, if he had, you know, he's got legs with Hoyle and Harris either side. Mm. If he had a 10... That's different. Five, like an Anthony Knockout. Yeah. Or he had a midfielder who could drive beyond. He can run, yeah. He links play better than Zahora as far as I can see. Oh, 100%. He, hold, he holds the ball up 100%. well. He shows strength. That's, well, that's what his ability has right. always been. So that could work, couldn't it? It could. It could. But then you've got to have... I don't think Hoylet kind of showed like the promise of him being like frightening and has kind of tailed a bit away yeah. from it. Harris... 
doing well, but not what I'd say like, wow. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you know, it's like everyone's performing better than what they were, but not enough to be where you go. That's unbelievable football. That's unbelievable team. And I, and I, I do. I look at the manager, and I think he looks at it and just thinks, "I'm just going to squeeze every." last drop out of this and then I'm going to reset press the reset button and that's why I think the conversation which they had last Saturday was what's come out as if I can't get what not what I want but what I feel I need necessity then there's absolutely no point mm, yeah, what, what did you make of those comments Paul on Friday before before the game you know, where he he did basically say, "But we're either going for it with me, or, or you're not going it, going for it with, without me." I don't think he's the sort of person to call call somebody's bluff. To be honest with you, I think he is. He's just straight up. What you see is I what see you get. It. I think he doesn't just talk the talk. I think he walks the walk as well, and that worries me a bit because going back to what we were saying earlier about you know is the style really that different to previous managers as I said the difference is that with Neil Warnock there is genuine hope moving forward you feel that and like, okay and they're stronger yeah. there's games they would have lost yeah. I think so he's doing a holding job but you genuinely feel that under him they can really do something next mm. season mm. but if he's talking about potentially walking away because he's not being given the transfer funds that I don't think the money's there. I, I understand what he wants, but as we as we said in previous ones, you have to have an element of sympathy for Vincent Tan here, mm. at the risk of yeah, you do. He spent a fortune. You so do, far. but like I always say, blame uh, him. You, you, who, else, <laughs> who else can you point the finger at? We've been over the rigmarole of what happened with previous managers yeah. and things like that but if you take that previous manager and you look at say from the Solskjaer era that was just mental absolutely mental what they done there and the amount of funds they spent and the size of the squad they had and then you've got a chief executive a chairman and an owner continuing to sign off on these things that is what you call is the five P's no you've heard of them but if you don't plan and you don't plan correctly, that is the result. Mm. And now you're in a you, this transitional period, what I call it. Sometimes it take two or three seasons. And if you don't get it right in those two, if you don't yeah. start putting things in place to get, you get the end of three years, and you're still in the same place you were three years previous. What what I would say is that there are no guarantees in football. Mm. Vincent Tan is accustomed to being an enormously successful businessman in mm. his everyday life. Mm. But in football it's different because you also have a referee, 11 other players, and opposition fans. It's not a level playing field like a business outside. outside it's not like a McDonald's, man. Okay. So, <laughs> or, or Facebook. Yeah, but what I would say is that Neil Warnock at this level I think is as close a guarantee as you get to top to, six to taking a team up yeah. or challenging which will bring the fans back so if he says I want X funds to sign player A, B and C or as Blakey's concerned A, B, C, D, E, F, G virtually the whole <laughs> team um, I think that Tan could trust him mm. to then really you know make get value for money out mm. of those signings mm. but I could also understand if, if the owner is reticent to spend sums 
having in inverted commas made errors, spending copious amounts of sums before, which have which have left Cardiff yeah. facing FFP issues. Well, and, and, and this know, this is the problem. And transfer embargo. They need they know? need to they need to accept that they were as much responsible, if not probably seventy percent responsible for the situation they find themselves in, mm. right? And then they need to decide, do they want to keep the club, number one? And if they do, where do they want to see it? Do they want it to be a, cha- a championship club that has the opportunity to go Premier League or do they want to invest in it to build what I perceive or what I would call as you having a proper go at getting promoted to the Premier League and you've got players then who you're not going to have to go out and sign another squad once you get there. These players are capable of stepping up and you might need three or four more to survive. In the following season, you bring another three or four in and you raise the quality again and you try and build towards being a solid Premier League club. That's, you know, they've got a 35,000-seater stadium which they should be now on the way to fill in yeah they should have they, they if they were doing things right next season they would already be thinking right we've got 21,000 season ticket holders up from 18,000 last year it, it that's how I mean look at Brighton 10 years ago they didn't have a stadium remember all that kerfuffle of trying to get the stadium mm. and they were languishing in you know League 1 between League 1 and Championship mm. It takes time to build, yeah, and you've got to have proper, you've got to have people in place who actually know what they're doing. Like I spoke to, I spoke to Gary Bennett yesterday, Sunderland, and I was asking him why aren't you involved in, you know, day to day for season and advising, you know, because they're clearly a fundamental problem at Sunderland. Uh, he he didn't have an answer, but it's a case of. You know, people coming from outside the game into the game, thinking it's just like any other business. Because what you find is, if you're an MD of Marks and Spencers, you can go and be an MD at NHS or an MD at Glaxo Smith and Klein, or you can. But football, they think football is the same. It's yeah. a business, and it's not, because when you're on the floor at McDonald's and you tell a kid, right, sweep the floor, and, you know, put some fries on, right. <laughs> You tell Diego Costa, blah, 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 and he goes, nah, or Payet, nah, I don't want to <laughs> play. It's unlike any other business. You're contracted, but you hold the cards as a player, especially if you're a good one. So I, th- I think probably to sum up. You know what I mean? Yeah. You look at any, look at this business we're in, if your boss tells you to jump, you say how high. <laughs> yeah? In football, the boss tells you to jump, and if you don't feel like jumping today, you say I don't fancy that. I'm gonna have a lie down. Eagles, absolutely. That's all of them. That's a great. <laughs> I think. I think the key is: Does Tan want to do it again? Which is what Neil Warnock was alluding to. Um, Tan wants love. If I've I've right? been I've been I've been to Swansea this morning for work reasons, and I uh, the train took me past the Liberty Stadium. And Blakey's just made... Swans have done a magnificent job. Absolutely magnificent job. I don't put it beyond them to survive this season either. Um, Cardiff City have got a 35,000-seater stadium. 
that I guarantee if Cardiff were in the Premier League that would be filled mm -hmm. suddenly the seat, the fans would flop back the season tickets would, would suddenly even if it's to watch other teams it, right? it, it, they were filling right. the championship Paul 22,000 remember those days yeah, Indian Park but it's 35,000 now yeah. yeah so will Tan bite the bullet and accept that errors have been made whether he blames other people or himself mm. um, I don't know my instinct is probably no. My instinct is probably, okay. look, he's been stung already. So if I come to you, Paul, right, and I say, Mr. Mr. Tad, here's a plan. Your plan sounded very plausible, particularly in right. terms of... Here's a plan, in terms of plan over the next the three, five, seven, ten years. Four-point plan. Here's my vision. Yep. Right. Do you think you could support that? And each, we're not talking about just going out and saying to Neil Warnock, here, here's 20 million kitty, do what you want with it. You're going to have to come to me, Neil, and tell me, right, I need this player in this position for this reason. And I go, that makes sense. The problem is, if I don't know what the player, the position, or why you need him, I don't have no understanding, I'm always going to, especially now, think, Nah, he tried to have me. Yeah. <laughs> nah, nah. And there lies the problem. He's between, I'm talking the owner now, yeah. between a rock and a hard place. He don't know whether to go again or stick. Yeah, that's one problem. Mm. The other problem is, is what we were just discussing, which is, yeah, you can have a fantastic business plan. The, the, the scenario you just put forward about get players in, but also players good enough for the Premier League mm -hmm. to keep you there mm -hmm. is great, yeah? But there are no guarantees in football. There are absolutely not. Right. And but you can eliminate it, them. That's where it could come back. Okay, so for instance, you eliminate, you don't buy a player if you know he's had a, three years ago he had a cruciate op, two years ago he was out for six months with a knee problem, and last year he played 19 games and then missed the following 19 because of his knee. Picardo has signed a lot of those players, Blakey. What? Right. So they, they, right. So they, I sit and think, who is planning that? Because if I'm in charge of that, first thing I look at is how many games you played last season, how many games you played over the last three years, your minor injury record, your major injury record. Who have you worked for? And I'll get some advice off them. Bloody bloody blah. How do you train? Blah blah. All these things, and then I'll go. Right, who's his parents? Right? Yeah, yeah. Try and get to meet his parents. If I like what I see, then I sign. If I don't, mm -mm. they got to be, you got to take more care. Building a football club isn't Lego. <laughs> you don't break it and start again. Once you've spent that money, it's gone. You've got to treat it like every penny is your own money. Mm. And you've got to be, you've got to be wise with it. You know what I mean? And you've got to have the network scouting network they've tried the Sarajevo Belgium bringing in players mate you're just doing because other people are doing it yeah you haven't done it with any sort of structural strategy in place where you know give him six months he's going to rip this place up mm. so, so if if Vincent Tan decides not to go for it again he decides to stick as you say what's what's he sticking with what, what's the point in sticking with mediocrity is, driftwood. Is, is it either go for it or no, what, get rid of it is that what you're hoping is uh, it, it, that, you know when you stick with it something clicks and whether the manager gets it and someone goes and scores 
um, a last minute winner and then the boys get on the roll and all of a sudden you know everyone's confidence is at the sky high and Zahor all of a sudden gets four in four and he's on a roll and then, so you're, you're, you're hoping a lot of miraculously we'll come good fortune comes we'll your sneak, way sneak it, yeah. Mm. Yeah. but what I always say is we've got to remember there's 20 odd other teams and they're all well 10 of them are planning properly whilst 10 of them are hoping to survive and stay in and the championship 10 of them are planning for the prem- for a premiership run so you're not alone you've got no divine right it's 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 hard league to get out of mate as we've discovered under Dave Jones what we do top six what five times something like that mm. four or five seasons on a spin mm. never quite got there it's very very difficult to get out of this league yeah okay let's um, let's look to Reading then to finish this weekend another another tough game isn't it really another another one you'd be mm. happy with the points from you'd expect much the same Warnock back the back Long balls, aggressive. I mean, the great thing is we pulled away, as I thought we would in the Warnock, Warnock, gradually away from relegation. Yeah, they have to be. We have gradually just moved. I think most people thought the Rotherham thing would happen at City and he'd win seven in a row. Mm. Nah, it was never going to be. It was Alice in Wonderland stuff. But I always thought by February, March, I think we'll be, you know, five, six above the relegation. And I think we're eight, something like that. So, you know, that's that. It, it's always the same, isn't it? We, we, it was brought here to stop us from getting relegated. As soon as that happens, people then go, right, I want more. Yeah, yeah well, there was, a, there was a lot of, if we beat Brighton, we'll only yeah. be nine points off the playoffs. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so then we want more, you know. Right. And that's, they're no, the fans are no different to any other fan in the Premier League, Conference, mm. Southern Conference, Welsh League soon as you've got to a certain point you're then thinking right what's the next that's football that's mm. why but it's boring to just be 15th and not going anywhere isn't it that's it's horrible season the nothing seasons are, they're a nightmare because mm, they're from not good, they're not good for us no because from January onward really half a season you're just drifting into the end of the season you're not going up you're not going down there's nothing to play for either end yeah you're too big a club just to be this club that likes to just survive. Look at the city. Look what's happening here. Valleys that I don't say train connections because I know there's been a but it's all connected, you know. So thirty-five thousand here at Cardiff City Stadium. Trust me, they haven't seen it only for Welsh games, but it is a breeze if you got stuff right, and it's not a case of change from red to blue and the fans will come back. Bring Neil Warnock in, the fans will come back. You, a club, got to build a rapport with your fans. And you've got to get them back. Because I'm telling you, even in the championship, they can fill 35,000 in that stadium. No doubt. Because I played second division and seen 22,000 at Ninian Park. And 5,500 at Scunthorpe. Unheard of, trust me. Unheard of. So, there's a lot more people now in Wales than there was back then. Just on sheer numbers. They should be filling that stadium. Mm. It should be a, the way the city's growing and the development that's happening. The football team should be at the hub of it now, and it would be fantastic. Millennium Stadium right opposite us. You know, it, it ticks every box. Capital city, beautiful places to live, surrounding areas. 
two hours from London. You know, these are all things that you... Well, but they're all things you sell the players who are coming from overseas and what have you. You know, your missus can go shopping in London with the cheap there in two hours. Birmingham in an hour and a half. You're in the capital city. You've got places like The Vale, Monmouth, Chepstow. Seaside. Yeah. Absolutely, got beautiful places to live. What else do you need? There's an airport here, one over in Bristol. You just sell the dream to people. You know, <laughs> I, I get frustrated, John. Yeah, I get, frust- I get frustrated because it's not easy. It's never easy. But I'm saying, like, what, what, what are you planning in there? What are mm. you doing? You can't just say, oh, I would, I would sign Greg Bellamy. Everything's going to be cool. Well, okay, let's hear your plans. Mm. Let's hear his plans. What are you? Creating. Hmm. Not a lot at the moment. And like we said, now Warnock's is like, mm, well, if you're not going to give me the dough, then mm, I may as well get off. Yeah, yeah. But it's easy. Yeah, food for thought. But then another manager just comes in there. And we just and we start dog chasing his tail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Come on, let's have predictions for Reading then. Paul? <laughs> I think there might be goals in this one, despite Cardiff's inability <laughs> to score goals. Kenneth's all hat trick. I think one-one at best, a two-one loss is more likely. Uh, I'm gonna go a two-two draw. He's saying that everyone with a smile on his face, which means that he thinks they'll lose. Right? I'm always smiling. Yeah. Yeah. But I said Bristol City, we won, didn't we? I said 3 1. It is not beyond the Warnock team to go to a place like Red. They can go anywhere. They make it difficult and get a draw. They can dig. I don't think Cardiff can win this one. They, they can dig and they're dangerous from set pieces. Yeah. They need to improve their you know, general performance, playing, ball possession. And yeah, we say, oh, ball possession is this and that. But. They just need to improve the standard of their football generally, yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 Okay. So two draws, two hopeful draws. We'll. Uh, yeah. We'll see. They're flying. Happens. I think they're fourth. Yeah. Third. Yeah. They yeah, are flying. Okay. Thanks, boys. We'll uh, leave it there. Thank you for joining us. As always, uh, you can follow that game live on the weekend, and we will see you next week. Take care.